Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Well, we're going through the book of Hebrews. I'd like to welcome everyone who's here, and I'd also like to welcome everyone who's watching from home. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you guys so much for being here in person. Hope you had a great week. Uh, we're going through the book of Hebrews. We found out so far that the people are struggling. They're struggling because they uh, feel persecuted. They feel like that, um, and we know that it's during the time of Nero, and so we know they were facing huge persecution. They were doing some major persecuting there. And uh, we know they're struggling. And the writer of Hebrews is basically saying this. He's saying Jesus is greater than whatever you fill in the blank with. Jesus is greater than whatever you fill in the blank with. We've looked at how Jesus is greater than the angels. We've also looked as he said this, don't throw in the towel. Whatever you do, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Last time we looked at how Jesus understands our struggle and how important it is that someone who we look to as our Savior and our Lord can understand the trials and tribulations and heartache and pain that we go through. He understands our struggle and because he understands our struggle, he's not a great high priest who can't sympathize with where we are. And the writer is telling the people, listen, he understands, he gets it. He really does. And so today we're going to continue on in Hebrews chapter 3. We're getting through the whole chapter today and we're going to be, we're still going to beat the Methodist to lunch. So that's going to be awesome. It really is. Listen, <clears throat> um, I, uh, I want to talk to you guys for a second. Um, I had a friend of mine last night posted something online and uh, apparently uh, she went to the concert uh, of the band Departure. All right. Departure. You may think, I don't know who the band Departure is. Well, the band Departure is the cover band for Journey. Okay? And I'm not sure if it was my friend singing or the lead singer singing while she was live on, on social media streaming it. But it was awful. Okay? No one sounded like Steve Perry or the little Filipino dude. I forget his name. He's a great person too. No one sounded like them. Neil Schoen was nowhere on the stage. Trust me, he's a lead guitar player. If you don't know, they nowhere on the stage. Departure. Now, I love Journey. I do. I've always loved Journey. If you grew up in the 80s, you know that, and I've shared this with you guys before, you know, when I, in 78, 79, 80, 81, my jam was Journey, especially 80, 81, 82. And everyone here, I don't care what you say, if you, were, if you, were, you love rock and roll, you had, a, you had a tennis racket and you played that tennis racket as your guitar and you jammed out to Journey separate ways. You did. Um, and then you, faux, you did a faux on your dresser, you did a faux piano and you sang open arms. You did. I don't care who you are. You know you did. I love Journey. I really do. And so I'd always wanted to see Journey in concert. And... Um, but I decided, I was like, well, if I can't see Journey, at least I can see Departure, right? And they were coming to the, is it the Fred or the Ted? The Ted is the, is the food. The, the Ted is the old ballpark, right? It's the Fred in Peachtree City, right? The Fred. Well, I was going to go see them, 
And if I'm being completely honest with you, they wanted more money than journeyed themselves to go see them. And I decided that I was not going to have some fake, fake journey. As a matter of fact, we went ahead and bought tickets. We were going on a trip. We were going to Texas, and we just so happened to stop through Memphis, and we saw Journey, and we saw Def Leppard about two years ago. It was a very holy trip we took there down the rock and roll lane of Def Leppard and Journey. We did. But I've got to be honest with you, there was nothing quite like, and we were sitting there, and it was really cool because the lead guitar player of Def Leppard, there, there used to be a Gibson store, there's a, there's a Gibson factory right across the street from, uh, from, from the, uh, the FedEx form right there in, uh, in Memphis. And it literally is right across the street. And they had, a, they had, a, uh, they had his guitar there that he was going to play that night because he plays Gibson. And they were going to play it. And they actually, he said, hey, that's going to be playing that in a couple hours. And sure enough, we went and grabbed some food and came back. And sure enough, he was playing that guitar on stage. It was really cool. But who cares about Def Leppard? They're from England. We wanted Journey right? We wanted journey. And so sure enough, they came out, the lights came out and it was totally dark. And all of a sudden the light started coming up just a little bit and it was and he came out and here we stand. It was really good. He was really good. Better than I just did. Trust me. And we rocked out Wendy and I, like two old people and, and Blake being the younger one, we all three rocked out to all the old geezers. There was a lot of old people there. You know, when you go to a concert, this is just a free advice from the preacher here. When you go to a concert and you're probably over around 35 or so, they don't dress the way you used to. It's not cool anymore, right? Uh, there was a lot of people there with some clothes on that they should not. They should, you should have to take a test before you wear some of these clothing. I'm not kidding you. There was some, there was some people reliving their 80s, okay? And they looked 80, and so it was not good. <laughs> It was not, they had a rough 80s. They were rough in the 80s. They had a rough 80s. You could tell, I mean, you could tell they were right there with Bon Jovi. They were right there living on a prayer. They were, they were all of that stuff. They were aerosmithing it. I mean, they were right there and they did not. Uh, we did see this one guy who was obviously on a date. It was 5,000 degrees outside in Memphis. It was in Memphis in July, and it was 5,000 degrees, and everyone was sitting out there. People had on shorts and T-shirts. It was so hot, and this guy had got the can spray, the hair, the hair. It's not hairspray, it's hair. The black spray, he had sprayed his hair around the edge, and it was gray around the edges here, but it was black on top, and uh, he was really trying, but he had on a long sleeve shirt, jeans, and a full like wool like jacket out there. And I promise you, his hair was, well, his canned hair was matted. It was just coming all over. He was trying real hard. You could tell he was older, no offense to Gil Loggins, but he had a bracelet. You know what I mean? Like a little bracelet. If guys wear bracelets, sorry, Gil. If you wear a bracelet, I, God bless you, but um, yeah, God bless you, but uh, yeah, yeah, my dad used to do that. He'd wear like, a, I was like, Dad, what are you wearing a bracelet for? Anyway, I guess that's an older generation. Gil was wrong. Sorry if you're wearing a bracelet. I apologize. But he did. He had a bracelet on. It was really funny. But that was a fun, fun night for us with Journey. The other band I wanted to go see my whole life was the Eagles. 
And uh, it just so happens that my account in my bank account would not allow me to go see the Eagles when they got back together because it was like $400 a ticket. And so I decided I would not do that. I would wait until it came down. And so then Glenn Fry died and they lowered the prices. So I was able to, I know it sounds bad, but I was able to go see the Eagles. And one of, I'll, I tried to find a video of this, but I couldn't find a good one. But one of my favorite music uh, for, for the Eagles is Seven Bridges Road. Uh, I think it's one of the best songs ever ever written. I love that song. I love Seven Bridges Road. Love, that's, one, that's what they warm up to beforehand. I know way too much about the Eagles. But um, that's what they warm up to beforehand is they warm up their voices to, to doing the harmonies on Seven Bridges Road. Did you guys know there's a cover band called Eagle Mania? It's really bad. Like, they do like three dirt road. It's not Seven Bridges Road. It's like, it's bad. It's really bad. It really is. And so, but we went, and sure enough, we're sitting there, and Eagles had no one open up for them because who in the heck wants to open up for the Eagles? They're the Eagles. They came out and played two and a half hours of straight rock and roll, and it was incredible. But the first song they sang, Seven Lights. And everybody went, and then it got real quiet. And then they hit it. I'm not going to sing it because I sound terrible, but they hit it. There are stars in the southern sky. Southward, and it was just like overwhelming. You could just feel the energy in there. You could just feel the energy in Seven Bridges Road. It's amazing because it's amazing because a lot of people, a lot of people, oftentimes, just like my friend last night, rock and rolling with departure. A lot of people, what they'll do is, is they'll give, they'll they'll give someone a lot of. Um, a lot of uh, uh, credit, and I'm not knocking people who want to do cover music, that's great, but they'll go to concerts and sing at concerts and do those things and give credit to people, and a lot of times people will give the same amount, oh my gosh, have you seen Departure? And I'm like, yeah, I saw it on social media, it's awful. But, but uh, and if you have a friend in Departure, I apologize, but, uh, but look, they'll give credit, they'll give credit to, to people that do covers of different things, but here's the reality, there's nothing quite like the original. Are you with me? There's nothing quite like the original. There's nothing quite like hearing the original music. Some people are so, they like the original music so much that you know what they're doing? I know this sounds crazy. They're going back and buying records and listening to it on a record player. Right? Gil? Listen to it on a record player. My son's even gotten into this. I'm, I'm literally right now looking for the eight track of Wild Cherry to come back, right? You know, you know that I'm saying that that's that band Wild. I don't even know what that is, but I just remember my brother used to have it and he put it in the side. The eight tracks. I know they're going to come back soon in cassette tapes, and I'm going to get my pencil and spin the eight the cassette tape so I can make the little thing. I don't know what, but that's what they're doing. They're listening to record players now. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, my son the other day brought in a, 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 an album, an actual album, a record, brought an actual record. So, anyway. They are wanting the original thing. And so here's what I want you to understand. Hebrews chapter 3 relates to this. You're like, okay, how is this preacher going to relate journey and the eagles, eagle mania and departure and record players and bracelets? How is he going to relate that to to Hebrews chapter 3? It's very, very relatable. And here's why. Because the the, the message in Hebrews chapter 3 is this. It's, It's this. I know that you thought Moses. I know you guys think highly of Moses. And by the way, they did. They thought highly of Moses. The Israelites thought highly of Moses. And they're saying, I know you, he's, the writer's saying, I know you thought highly of Moses. But I want you to understand something. Moses was just the servant. He was just the servant in the house of God. 
He was just someone that was emulating what he had heard from God, the originator. He was just the servant. Jesus was the builder of the house of God. He was the original writer of the house of God. He was the original artist if you want to make it, of the house. He's not departure. He's not, he's not egomania. He's not whatever those other uh, hysteria, whatever those other uh, cover bands are. He is the original artist of, of the faith that we know he is. And so I want to look at that in Hebrews chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Here's what it says, Hebrews chapter 3, starting in verse 1. And we're not going to get very far. We're going to stop pretty quick, actually, right after, the, uh, right after the second verse. And so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with, with those called to heaven, think carefully about this Jesus whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. Let's stop right there. Think carefully about this Jesus whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. I want you to know something. I want you to know this. Every person that's ever been born, every person since Jesus came and since he died on the cross, every person that's ever been born, and you and me, we have to decide something. Here's what we have to decide. You have to answer this question. What are you going to do with this Jesus? What are you going to do with Jesus? You have to answer that question. And that's what he's saying. He said, I want you to understand something. You need to think clearly and you need to think carefully what it is that you're going to do with this Jesus. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that. You have to answer that question. And the writer's saying, you have to answer that question too, people. I know you think Moses was so great, but I want you to understand something. You have to answer the question, what you're going to do with Jesus. And here's the thing. How you answer that question is what will dictate the story of your life. I want you to hear that. How you answer the question, what will I do with Christ, it will dictate the story of your life. Life. He goes on, he says, For he was faithful to God who appointed him, just as Moses served faithfully when he was entrusted with God's entire house. But Jesus deserves far more glory than Moses. Are you there? He deserves far more glory than Moses. Why? Just as a person who builds a house deserves more praise than the house itself. For every house has a builder, but the one who built everything is God. Moses was certainly a faithful in God's house as a servant. His work was an illustration. It was an illustration of the truths God would reveal later. But Christ, as the Son, is in charge of God's entire house. And we are God's house. If we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. And then he goes and says, why? Then here's what he does. He says, I want you to know something. I want you to know that, that Moses was a good and faithful person. And he was a servant in the house that God built. But I want you to know this. I want you to know that just like those people that were around Moses, you too may have a thought of rebelling against what this plan is that God has. You may have a thought of rebelling against this plan that God has. And so he goes into and he starts talking about the people of Israel that came out of Egypt, were with Moses. Moses led them out of Egypt. They were in the desert. And then it goes 
on and talks about them. And here's what it says in verse 7. This is why the Holy Spirit says, Today when you hear His voice, this is, by the way, this is Psalm 95. It's quoted directly from Psalm 95. Today when you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. What were the miracles? Parting of the Red Sea, food, food coming down from heaven, quail. I mean, we could go on and on and on and on and on. They saw all that, but they still, they still tested him. It says, so I was angry with them, and I said, their hearts will always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter into my rest. And then here's the author back away from Psalm 95. He says, be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it's still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we believed, we will share in all that that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says. Here it is. Today, this is 95 at the end. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. And then 16 says, and who was it who rebelled against God even though they heard his voice? Wasn't it? The people Moses led out of Egypt? And who who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned? And this is pretty harsh. He says, whose corpse lay in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that they would never enter his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. Rest. What exactly is this talking about? Well, it's talking about the people who revered, they revered Moses being so great. But he's saying this, he says, I want you to understand something. The people that rebelled against God were actually people that were led by this great leader that you think he was so great. And he was a servant, Moses. He was led by this great leader, Moses, but they rebelled against God. They rebelled against God, and he's saying, I don't want you guys to rebel against God. Don't do that. Don't harden your hearts toward that. I want you guys to go ahead and get on the plan that we have, that God has. Now, I want to tell you three things today. This is, this is true for every situation in your life, and I want you to hear this, okay? I want you to hear this. There are three things. There are three things. God has a system of how he works things in your life. And when I say these three things, you're going to go, you know what? You're right. I can see how that happens. Here it is. They rebelled against this. First, they didn't rebel against this one. And a lot of us don't do this. They did not rebel against deliverance. God's first plan is always deliverance. He will take us from one situation to another with them He took them out of a situation in Egypt and brought them into a desert in in hopes of taking them to a promised land. He he brought them out of, he delivered them from their captivity. He does the same thing for us. What we do is when we give our lives to Christ, he actually brings us out of a captivity. Captivity of what? Well, the first thing is captivity from the covering that was over us, which was death. The covering of death, because death no longer has sting when we give our lives over to Christ. One of the things that always frustrates me about, about some churches, and it frustrates me, and it was true in my own life, is that a lot, of, a lot of churches, their whole focus is to get you to come forward 
and to give your life to Christ. And that's my focus too. I want you to do that. I want you to do that. So when you're delivered, when you're delivered out of that, that's the first step in the process. But here's the thing that I want you guys to know. That's not the end of the process. It's not. How many people do you know that have, quote unquote, given their life over to Christ, but never, ever, ever went through the second part? What's the second part? It's development. A lot of people call it sanctification. What is it? It's the time from when you give your heart over to Christ, that time, all the things that happened. You see, the people of Israel, they loved when they were standing at the Red Sea and the waves were crashing and the waves split open and they walked on dry ground. And as they looked back, they saw the waves crashing over that Egyptian army. They loved that part. They loved the deliverance part, right? But soon after, when the development part came, that's when, when the sanctification part came, when the development part came, that's when they grew angry and rebelled. And here's the thing, they never entered into God's promised land. They never did. And oftentimes, we too will lose heart and lose hope and lose faith and lose trust in the development stage. That's what we do as people. We do that. We never, because we think that this development stage is too difficult. We think that the development stage is unfair. We think, can I tell you guys something? There are consequences for sin that a lot of us, a lot of us, what we want to do is, is we want to give our life over to Christ and not pay the consequences, the natural and logical God-developed consequences for some of our past sins, okay, that come forward. Well, here's the thing. It takes time to get, uh, you know, I, I love, uh, I, I love, I love watermelon. I do. I love watermelon. And, you know, if I could take, a, if I could take a, a, a watermelon seed, throw it in the ground, pour some water on it, and the next morning wake up and there was a big old juicy watermelon, I'd do that all the time. But you can't do that. You can't do that. Why? Because it takes time for things to grow. It does. It takes time for things to grow. It takes time. And, and you can go out and look, and it'll start very small, and there'll be a vine or two, and then it'll be bigger and then bigger. But it takes a long time for that thing to grow. It does. And... One of the things that I want you to understand is, is oftentimes we have to continue to reap some of those negative things so that we can start reaping some of the positive things. Are you with me? Just because I want you to know this, and I've said this a thousand times, when you give your life over to Christ, your eternal, your eternal life is changed. But your life here, it's a process. Development process. And here's why it's a process. Now, some people are miraculously, when they give their life over to Christ, they miraculously stop doing certain things. You know what I mean? Some people may have, who have maybe been alcoholics and miraculously stopped drinking. Listen, God can do whatever God's going to do, and I'm definitely not going to put him in a box. But for a lot of us, it's a developed thing. It's a development thing, and we rebel against those developmental things. We do. We oftentimes will rebel against that because we don't want the pain that comes with growth. Do you guys know that? Do you guys know that with growth, there has to be some pain there? In order for us to grow, there has to be some pain. There has to be. There has to be some growing pains there. We have to 
experience that. So what are some things that allow us to develop? Well, listen, uh, things that we're taught, um, things that we've seen God do in our life, uh, reading, studying, praying. Uh, right now, I'm going to give you some great examples. Um, we've, got, we've got some great things in our church that will help you develop and grow. We do. Um, we've got incredible small groups that will help you develop and grow. We care so much about our children that right now as we're in here, our children are in the back learning, developing, and growing. We've got small groups for every age group. For, I, mean, I mean, literally, you know, from the cradle to the grave, we've got small groups. <laughs> we just do. And, and a lot of people don't experience that. They don't experience that because they don't want to take the time. They say they're too busy or whatever. They don't want to get in those small groups where you grow. I want to tell you, if all you're doing is coming on Sunday mornings, I thank you. I'm so thankful that you're here. But you're missing out on about 50 to 75% of doing the growth because God's creation was, was that we would be the church, both in corporate and also in smaller sections. And those smaller times is whenever you can get 100% real and transparent. Okay, let's just be honest. It would be a little bit awkward if we all just got real in here together and you started sharing. You showed up and said, well, let me tell you about this. And we all started sharing. You know, we'd be like, okay, uh, all right. It, but when you get in those small groups where you build and deepen relationships, that's where, that's where you end up doing the development. Listen, we have, we have an incredible women's ministry here. I don't know if you know that or not. We have an incredible women's ministry here um, that meets and that, that they, they meet, they, they pray for one another, they encourage other people, they go through these studies, they go through, all, we have an incredible, that, that's part of the development. And I want to ask uh, Elijah and Lynn to come up here because we've got something else that's getting ready to get cranked up as well that, is, that has to do with the development of the church, the development of you as a person. And it's something that honestly a lot of churches don't have, or if they do, they have it in a way that is, that is just, hey, everybody, let's meet at the Waffle House on Saturday morning, and there's never any development. But I'm going to turn it over to these guys briefly and let them talk about this development that we have. We can't meet at the Waffle House on Sunday mornings or Saturday morning. Oh, okay. <laughs> Starts off like. Oh, go ahead. It's so interesting how, how God works. Um, men's ministry is something that's always been close to my heart because of how I was saved. I mean, there was the right group of guys who were around me pouring into me that really prompted me to, to get to know Christ and then helped me grow after that. And so it's just always been really near and dear to my heart. And earlier this year, I went to a three-day conference. And during that conference, you know, God just spoke to me clearly and said, you know, real church guys need to be doing more than what we're doing. And so I came home and I told Barry about it. And he's like, man, I'm all for it. It sounds great. And of course, this was the first week of March. So guess what happened the second week of March? <laughs> Corona shuts down the church. And so it, it just kind of sat there for a little while until Elijah called Barry a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. I had, uh, I had actually had gone to a, a funeral. Um, I was raised by my grandparents. So my excuse me, my grandfather's brothers and sisters were my aunts and uncles, not just my great aunt or uncle. They were very, very close to me. And we were at the funeral. Uh, one of 11, it was the last boy that was being buried. Uh, so it was my uncle, uh, my uncle George, uh, or Uncle Blackie, as everybody called him. And um, what occurred to me as, we were, as I was standing there with Rachel and we're standing around, it was raining around the funeral, 
was that this was the last of the guys. This was the last of the boys. There's a couple of girls left, uh, but this was the last of the guys. These were the guys that raised me. And it just really took me back to all the, the conversations around a tailgate, if you will. All of the wisdom and all of the thing, all of the stories and, and all of the, the pouring into that I think we're missing as a generation. And uh, we're losing that as a generation. So it, it really occurred to me, and I, I, I reached out to, uh, to Barry and to Lynn and said, we've got to do something about this. Um, you know, we, there's so much we can be doing more from a men's ministry. The women's ministry is, is doing an amazing job. But the men's ministry, we just, it's just tougher for guys to get We're built different. We're built a little different, so it's tougher for us to get together. So um, one of the things that we want to do is we want to be very, very intentional about tapping into that wisdom, tapping into experience, tapping into that. And I don't mean just wisdom as, uh, you know, I won't say playfully or anything. I mean biblical wisdom. Um, so much of it, again, is being lost. So many times we're not in the word like we should be. Uh, we don't have the accountability partners uh, from, a, from a men's standpoint in that, in that partnership. You know, we have our spouses. Uh, we have that partnership, and that's obviously extremely important. But there's also something that some of the, a lot of the guys are just missing. And, and so we want to we be able to fill that void. So we got together, sat down, had lunch. Uh, started to uh, throw together some ideas on some things that we wanted to do, and we're pretty excited about uh, some of the things that we're going to be putting together. So, yeah, and we just we know from experience because we're guys that you know sitting down and having a bunch of guys go through a Bible study might not be the best way to catch the guys. We guys are activity based. We're, we like to do activities with a purpose, and so that's what the goal of this is. I'm not going to say that we're not going to do a study. Or we're not going to challenge you guys to read more, study more, pray more, find accountability partner. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be activity based. Um, some of them are going to be service opportunities. Some of them are going to be um, just getting together and doing some guy stuff. But there's going to be a purpose behind it. So we want you guys to come. We want you guys to have fun. But just know that we're going to be pouring some wisdom. We're going to ask you guys to share some wisdom. And on top of that, just to get to know each other better. I mean, there's so many guys here who I've not really connected with on a personal level. I may know your name, and we, we say hello and things like that. But I would love to get to know you guys better. And this is going to be an opportunity for us to do this. We're going to, so like I said, group events, um, service opportunities. We're going to vary the day that it meets because we know if we did it every other Saturday, that may not, conf you know, someone may have to work and it, it's not going to work for them. So we're going to do, sometimes we're going to do it on Tuesdays, sometimes we're going to do it on Sunday evenings, sometimes we're going to do it on Saturday mornings, but we're going to let you guys know in advance of when that's going to be. And we're hoping by doing that, we're going to be able to appeal to your schedules as well. So if we try to do it, like I said, on a set schedule, we may miss somebody because of that. Absolutely. The intent is to be very, very uh, purposeful, if you will, uh, to make sure that we are in the Word, that we are doing things that are significant, uh, but at the same time that we can also go in and, for lack of a better way to put it, let our hair down a little bit, and, and be able to get into some activities and have some fun. Uh, for example, next Saturday, uh, we're going to send out all the information. We'll have it posted and, and all of that as well, but we're going to go fishing. Um, so there's not a lot of conversation when there's fishing going on, right? So we're going to go fishing. We're going to spend some time together. And then afterward, we're going to get below a shade tree, and we're going to sit down, and we're going to break open the word, and we're going to take it where it leads us. We're going to take it really slow. We're going to walk through it. But we know God's hand is on this, and we know God is leading this. So, again, we're really excited about it. So Yeah, absolutely. So we'll be pushing out some more information to all the guys this week. And we, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to Elijah or myself. We'll include our contact information when we notify everybody. Good stuff. Thank you all Thank so you all. much. Why in the world we do that? Why would we do this for? Why would we do that? Why, why would you have a group of guys? One of the things they're going to do I think is so cool is that they're all going to meet and they're going to 
teach all of our teenagers how to change their tire or change the oil. And they're gonna, I mean, they're going to do those things. Really great things, just basic things that they can do. Why would they do that for? I'll tell you why. Because development. It's about development. It's about ironing, uh, iron sharpening iron. It's about one person, one person walking aside along another person. Whenever they're down, they're low, and back and forth. That's why we're doing it for. It's about development. Where does development lead to? Well, development leads to your destiny. That's where it leads, and that's the third one. It leads to your destiny. You have deliverance, you have uh, development, and you have your destiny. What is your destiny? Let me tell you what I want to be. I want to be, at the end of my life, I want to be, I want to be so trained and so focused on what God's doing that I want to pass from this life I'm going to close my eyes and wake up immediately in heaven and not have to change very much. Are you with me? Are you with me? I want to be so close to God that I don't have to change a lot, that I look exactly the same. I'm really hoping I got a little bit of hair on top. You know what I mean? Um, maybe, you know, lose a few pounds. But I, I'm, I'm honestly, seriously, I, I want, you guys ever met people like that, that when they're, when they're on the verge of passing, it's like, man, they have run that race, they have finished, they have done what God's asked them to do, they are spent out totally, they have developed to the point of being holy, they've developed to the point, and, and, and suddenly they pass on right, in, right into their destiny, and that's what we're about, that's what we're about. Here's what the Hebrews writer is saying, don't take a cheap fake for the real thing. Okay, Moses was a great servant. He was. But I want to tell you something. Jesus, Jesus is the builder of the house. Don't rebel against his process of deliverance and then development. Sanctification, that development that will lead to your destiny. Don't do that. That's what he's trying to say. That's what he's trying to say to you. And that's what he's trying to say to me. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for today. Thank you so much for your word. God, thank you so much that you are uh, a God that creates things around us for us to learn and to grow. Don't let us, God, don't let us be people that are hesitant to grasp and to cling to and to embrace your call, your development, your sanctification. Let us be people that walk that out, Lord. Let us be people that when we are, when we are in, in, a, in, a, in a bit of a bind, that you would come along or send people alongside. God, let us be those people. Lord, we want to be people that um, just allow for the molding that goes on in our lives. And then for us to spread that out to other people. We believe God, and we know that you're working on us. Don't let us rebel against that. The best thing we can do is to embrace what you're doing for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you a little secret. The church is created for your development. I don't know if you guys realize that or not. Do you realize a lot of people are oftentimes looking for a quote-unquote sign from God? And most of the time for me, that sign or that word from God comes in one of the people that I trust who are walking with God also to speak into my life. That happens a lot of time. That's what it's for. Why don't we allow that to happen? Now, it has to be someone that you trust. It has to be someone that you know is walking with God. Don't let, you know, the... Check out person at Kroger, you know, and, you know, speak, you know, 
some, some wacko thing into you. You've got to watch that stuff. You've got to make sure it lines up with Scripture. But I'll tell you, be open to what God's doing in your life. Be open to the development. Let's stand up and let's have our final worship song this morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.